Welcome to the podcast, Your Time with James Sweetman. Hello and Happy New Year. Welcome to the first episode of my podcast, Your Time with James Sweetman for 2020. I can't believe it's 2020. For those of us of a certain vintage, it's hard to credit that we're as far now from the year 2000 as the year 1980 was. And that seems like something from the history books. I also remember when I started out uh, with my own coaching practice back in 2004, I used to do for myself and with clients, you know, medium long term goal setting where we used to look ahead for five years to 2010. And now suddenly that is 10 years ago. I just don't know where the time has gone. Of course, the media, the newspapers, articles, probably other podcasts will be full of new year, new you, new resolutions at this time of the year all encouraging us to be thinner and richer and have better relationships in 2020. But as the title of this podcast episode suggests, I'm no fan of New Year resolutions, which might sound strange considering I work as a coach and as a motivational speaker. Um, But I have some alternatives to it. That's why I've called it the antidote to New Year's resolutions. Uh, Because often what happens with people at this time of the year, you know, they make knee-jerk responses to overindulgence at Christmas time. And then, of course, once you know we reach the second week in January, it's business as usual. The old habits kick in. Of course, my annual workshop, SOAR, is fast approaching. It's on Thursday, the 30th of January in the Westbury Hotel. Um, and of course, there we're looking at starting the year, as you mean, to go on more stuff around the antidote to traditional goal setting and New Year's resolutions. So this week's episode is maybe a little sample of what you can expect at that event later in the month. Traditional goal setting or traditional approaches to New Year's resolutions uh, are all about determining what it is you want and taking consistent action until you achieve it. It's an approach that's associated with words like the warrior mindset or overcoming challenges, pushing through no matter what, striving until you arrive. Now, this approach, of course, is useful, particularly if you're a novice when it comes to personal development work or you're simply just trying to bring a sense of productivity and proactivity into your life. It can also be effective in breaking down bigger goals into smaller chunks so that you're able to work on establishing new and more impairing habits. In the West, I particularly call this the American model, this acquisition approach, which has been dominant. And if you think about it, society on the whole admires and rewards those who apply the science of achievement, even if they perhaps tread on a few people's toes along the way to get what they want. At an extreme, this approach could be summarised by the Malcolm Forbes quote, you know, that billionaire going back to the 1980s, where he said, he who has the most toys wins. And of course, the pronoun there is also appropriate, I think. Uh, Of course, these high achievers focused on their desired results have contributed greatly to society. But sometimes there's a shadow side to this approach that maybe we don't hear that much about. You know, if some people are labelled successful or winners in life, 
then it presupposes that there are the unsuccessful, you know, the also rands or the losers. And this, I have to say, is a notion that doesn't sit well with me. You know, if someone is not achieving on a certain level of success, and that's usually defined in financial terms, then they're often deemed to be weak or unmotivated, lazy or a failure. Whereas for me, I'm a great believer in that quote by Maya Angelou, which says people are always doing their best with the knowledge, awareness and resources at their disposal. The traditional approach to goal setting and New Year's resolutions are all based on contemplating and answering the question, what do I want? I often label that question as coaching question 101 because it gets us into solution mode. It gets us thinking about the future. It gets us to be a little bit more proactive. So without discounting this traditional approach completely, let's just contemplate that for a little. How would you answer that question? You know, in 2020, what do you want? Sometimes we can forget as adults that it is okay to want things for ourselves. You know, if you have young kids or nieces and nephews or even think back to when you were a kid with Christmas coming up, you were perhaps writing a letter to Santa and you were not holding back in terms of what it is that you wanted. And maybe now as we go into the new year, it's worth contemplating what do we want for ourselves in 2020? Or another way of looking at that would be what would make 2020 a great year for you? At least let's start thinking in that area. If we cannot visualize how we want something to be, it's very difficult to follow through on it. So there are two questions just to take away and reflect upon. What do I want in 2020? And what would make 2020 a great year for me? Of course, one of the things that I find, um, how would I say it, that, that hampers us with our thinking in those areas is that oftentimes we are looking for things or we want things that are not completely within our control or the how to achieve it does not seem immediately obvious. And that can be a bit of a stumbling block. So therefore, it's worthwhile having an alternative approach to goal setting or New Year's resolutions. And that's really what this week's podcast is all about. When I think back, I first set little goals or resolutions for myself going back to the mid 80s. I'm giving my age away now. And I remember writing in my diary, you know, looking to get good exam results or looking to travel on a plane for the first time or whatever it was. Um, and I can look back at those because, as I say, I've kept them in old diaries and um, and it always makes me smile. In recent years, though, I don't really set myself goals. I take an alternative approach. And this alternative approach, I have to say, is far more satisfying and rewarding because for me, it, it's not solely about focusing on the achievement, you know, the destination. It's about fulfillment and enjoying the process. And perhaps it's just a mature approach when you get to a certain certain age. I don't know. But that's what I want to share with you. So in recent years, you know, concepts like manifesting and harnessing the law of attraction have become my preferred approach to the old traditional goal setting. Um, what I do do going into a new year, and I do this frequently anyway, is about setting my intention. Intention is how I want to show up. And intention also includes, you know, what it is I want or what I would like to create, but it creates the space for co-creation, which I'll speak about in a little. It's just a concept that sits more neatly with my spiritual awareness and worldview. And I found it a lot easier as well and a lot, a lot less stressful, you know, than that pushing through warrior mindset striving until you arrive. Of course, I'm sure most of you have come across the law of attraction um, popularized in that marketing phenomenon, which is now 10 or 12 years old, uh, The Secret. 
Uh, central beliefs to law of attraction are that like, like attracts like, that thoughts are energy, that we don't attract what we want. We attract who we are, you know, the, the energy that we vibrate. Uh, and this philosophy is more Eastern and it's concerned more with being as opposed to doing. And of course, one of the phrases I'm always saying is that we're human beings, we're not human doings. And and for me, this is an approach that is about harnessing the power that creates worlds. Um, and so think about, about this analogy for a moment. You know, think about a farmer planting seeds. Does the farmer do the growing? No. Uh, life, the universe, God, divine energy, love, whatever label you use, does the growing. The farmer decides what seeds to so what seeds that when they come to fruition would would bring uh, them the most nourishment, the most fulfillment. They ensure that those seeds are watered and nurtured and the farmer co-creates with life. And that's my approach to goal setting. It's also the antidote to the traditional New Year's resolutions, as I would call it. Of course, one of the traps that people can fall into when they come across the law of attraction, and I fell into this one myself in the past, is that they get confused in that they they try to use the law of attraction as simply another tool for acquisition. You know, it's a strategy for getting more stuff. I have to do this to get that. Whereas the law of attraction is really a way of being. It's a way of engaging with the world from a place of trust and support and faith. Um, you know, I'm sure you've experienced those moments when you just knew that you would win a raffle or get a parking space or bump into someone that you had just thought about. It's all about knowing, not hoping. You know, in this regard, I can remember that old Bible quote, you know, happier those who see and who don't see and yet believe. So belief comes into this as well. And this brings me into the territory of faith, as in F-A-I-T-H. But I often equate that with the definition of self-confidence from the Latin confidus, meaning with faith, you know, with faith in self. And sometimes that's um, that's something to not lose sight of going into the new year. You know, to, to, to put more faith in yourself is often... Um, a, a quality that I'm reminded of going into the new year. So the old acquisition approach to goal setting goes something like, if I have more of something like money, uh, then I will be able to do things that I enjoy and then I will be happy. You know, the equation here is have, do, be. But the law of attraction and how manifestation works, well, it's the other way around. You know, if you can be that emotion right now or if you can be the person you would be when you achieve the goal or acquire the object you desire, then it is that energy that will bring it into uh, manifestation in the first place. So the equation is the opposite way around. It's be, have, do. When we think about it, I always think it's a little bit ironic in that we might think we're looking for a goal or we're looking to achieve something. But really deep down, what we're looking for is the feeling that we will get on the achievement of the goal. So we're not chasing the goal itself. We're chasing the feeling we want in achieving the goal. So behind every goal that we set, behind every resolution that we set, we have a request to feel more of a positive emotion, be that love, fulfillment, happiness. If we can tap into that emotion now, because we have to know what that feels like. Otherwise, we don't know its absence. You know, so we have to know what happiness we have. to. We know sadness. Therefore, we know happiness, the opposite of it. Or we know what lack of confidence is because we know what confidence is. So if we can tap into it now, well, then we're harnessing the, the power of the law of attraction. 
as I often say, what the heart wants to feel is a more powerful motivator than what the head or the ego simply wants to achieve or get done. I think that bears a little repetition. What the heart wants to feel is a more powerful motivator than what the head or the ego wants to achieve or simply get done. So bringing this approach front and centre, here are one or two questions for you to contemplate. The main one being, in 2020, what emotions would you like to feel more deeply or more frequently? So it's not what do I want, it's maybe how do I want to feel? You know, and if I contemplate that one myself, words such as joy and peace and love and excitement, that the biggies come up, maybe a, a, the sense of thrill of adventure, sense of security. Uh, one that I certainly have going into 2020 is uh, what I would call vibrant health. So if we contemplate those a little more, you contemplate how you would like to feel in 2020. Then the follow-up question is, how can you connect with those emotions or those qualities most simply and quickly? So if I take a sense of vibrancy, and I just love that word, or vibrant health, you know, if I applied the old strive until you arrive approach, it might be, well, I'm going to join a gym or rejoin a gym and I'm going to work out three days a week and I'm going to put the effort in and I'm going to lose weight and I'm going to feel better. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it's not what works for me anymore. Whereas if I think of vibrant health, OK, what can I do immediately or very quickly or very simply to step into that energy frequency? Well, maybe having a drink of water will point me in that direction. Or maybe at lunchtime having a wrap instead of a sandwich or having a salad instead of a sandwich. Maybe going for a walk, just getting some fresh air. Maybe it's simply standing up and stretching. Or perhaps in the morning it's wearing a brighter colour just to bring a bit of vibrancy and brightness into my day. And they might sound very small and somewhat meaningless activities. But for me, they're aligned with that sense of vibrancy. And if I can step into that frequency more frequently, um, well, maybe then I'm taking active uh, steps in the direction that I want to go, or at least I'm pointing in that direction rather than strive, 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 and then hope to arrive there someday. It's like I want to enjoy the process. And of course, that's the difference between achievement and fulfillment. Sticking with that analogy of vibrant health or working out or going to the gym, um, you know, many people go to the gym because they don't like the way their body looks when they look in the mirror or they don't like how they're feeling. Whereas I would come at it from a place of let me love, honor and respect my, my physical being. And if I'm fully stepping into that space, well, then it's a natural byproduct of that good feeling for me to physically move my body, whether it's a workout, whether it's a walk, whether it's a yoga session. So it's a slightly different mindset. But for me, it's one that makes all the difference. Of course, with any New Year's resolutions, goal setting, manifestation, harnessing the law of attraction, it's not about being inactive. You know, it's not just wishful thinking. Action is required, but there's different types of action. And the action that I most enjoy and love and cherish is, is what I would label inspired action. And of course, let's remember that the last six letters of the word attraction, as in love, attraction, spell action. So the clue is in there. You know, we will all have those days when it feels like we're pushing a rock up a hill or we're running in treacle. You know, and whilst on other days, everything just seems to work out. We touch something and it falls into place. 
The former might equate to using a spade to chip away at digging a hole, whereas the latter is having the spark of inspiration to call an acquaintance who lets you borrow a digger and the hole is dug so much quicker and more easily. Uh, for me, inspired action is a byproduct of a head, heart and soul alignment. And we'll know we're in that space because everything sort of lines up and we will feel a sense of excitement or ease with it. Whereas action that feels like drudgery will often be counterproductive. You know, there's too much efforting going on. And when it comes to taking action, I simply don't want to feel like I'm wading through treacle. You know, I want to swim downstream. I want to work with the powers that create uh, worlds. I want to co-create with life. You know, I have many examples of that inspired action, those moments of inspiration that come to me that I could share with you. But one that I always think stands out and it goes back to a January two or three years ago now. And I still had back then that sense of vibrant health as a focus for the year ahead. And one of the things that I do as part of my morning routine, which I've explored in a, in a previous podcast episode, is some quiet time. And that sense of tuning in or turning inwards, and it helps to clear the mind. And I find in that space, that's when the little gems of ideas come in. And I'm often curious as to, you know, where are our thoughts before they have them? So one of the things I was contemplating a few Januaries ago was to get a juicer so I could blend the juices and the fruits and all equate with that sense of vibrant health. And uh, coming out of meditation, an idea popped into my head to contact an acquaintance of mine, not a close friend, just an acquaintance. And I said, why, why has his name popped into my head? And this guy was into fitness and juicing and was a personal trainer. And I said, let me just fire off an email to him. Maybe I'll just phrase it that I'm looking for some advice on a juicer. And, you know, perhaps there's some tips he can give me, some ones to avoid or to consider. So within a few hours, the email came back and it opened with, well, James, great to, great to hear from you. You won't believe. And they're always little indicators of what I call, you know, divine coincidences or, or universal winks. And he said uh, a client of his had gotten a, an extra juicer or had bought two juicers or some mix up over the Christmas period and dropped one into the gym where he worked. And if I wanted the juicer, it was mine. So I jumped into the car, I made arrangements, I popped over and I picked up the uh, the juicer, which was brand new, never had been used uh, and certainly was more fit for purpose. And then, uh, you know, it was like I came away with a juicer all from having that little idea of just contacting him. Now, was that a coincidence? But then what are coincidences? I take them as moments of alignment, evidence that the, that the world or that the universe is working with you. So as we approach the end of this week's episode, I'd like to thank you for tuning in. I'm going to continue with the theme of New Year, New You, antidote to New Year's resolutions, perhaps an alternative way of thinking about personal development or goal setting in next week's episode as well. But in the meantime, one or two other things just to contemplate. You know, I often say to audiences that the number one reason why people don't get what they want is that they don't know what they want. You know, so that brings us back to sort of where we started with this. You know, what do I want in 2020? Of course, the, the thinking then around, you know, not believing what it is you want or not believing you're worthy enough to receive what it is you want or simply not being open to receiving is another block. And that's something that I'll be getting the sleeves rolled up on in a few more weeks, in a few weeks time as well. 
So in this week's episode, I've maybe uh, gone back over the traditional approach to goal setting based on that question, what what it is I want and to harness the imagination uh, for 2020. But then there's also the, the being side of it, the manifestation, the harnessing the law of attraction side of it, which hopefully provided some food uh, for thought as well. Um, these Both of these approaches, of course, are available to us, and it's nice to mix them up and, and, and try them out in a way that would work best for you. Um, and I said, give it a go, you know, gather some evidence and see not only which one works for you, but which one feels better, because ultimately it's not only about the feeling of achievement, it's feeling great in the process of achievement. And that's always something that's front and centre for me going into a new year in particular. So I hope you found this week's episode of Benefit. It's a topic that we could spend a long time speaking about. Um, It is something that I'll be exploring in more depth and there'll be plenty of reflection time factored in as well at my event in the Westbury Hotel on Thursday, the 30th of January. I can't believe that we're about 60% uh, of tickets are already sold. Uh, They're available through my website, jamesweetman.com or through Eventbrite. Um, and of course, this is the 10th consecutive year of it. So we're opening with a glass of bubbly, which is a nice way to toast the new year as well. So as I say, check that out. There's plenty of information online, but tickets are selling fast. Uh, they're 65 euro plus fees. And that includes all the refreshments as well. So thank you again for tuning in uh, until next week. And in the meantime, let me wish you the, the all the best for 2020. Happy New Year.